Episode 216 of the Bevan James Oz Show, How to Create Positive Memories. Radio team, welcome along to episode 216 of the Bevan James. I will show you a fortnight podcast on the behaviours that create a lifetime love of exercise so you can get all the benefits that come alongside it. Today's show is a Bevan show. It's one of those ones where I just kind of waffle on about a few things that have been on my mind and I've got three subjects written down. Uh, and I may go to all three or depending on how long it goes, I may do one, I may do two. And what, it's the second to last day of the Olympics. There's a really important race for us Kiwis on at three o'clock. So I'm going to have to pause because I'm recording this at quarter past two. And I imagine it's going to be more than 45 minutes. But uh, basically, I'm going to be talking a little bit about how to create memories in a positive light. Uh, I've got an also concept of reframing motivation and then 100% success of ch- uh, chance of success is another concept. So when we get to the main gist of today's show, I may touch on all three of those, one or two, depending on how long I go in each of those. I, I do have to share a bit of a proud moment for myself here. Uh, two proud moments. And I, why do I want to share my proud moments? This isn't about me saying I'm great or anything like that, but I, I, I do think it's okay in life to say you're proud of yourself. And... If you've been listening to the show for a long time, or at least in the last year, you know I've been through this back operation. And one of the podcasts I did post back operation was, how do I do as little damage as possible so I can get back to life as normal as fast as possible? And interestingly, um, I I behaved really well through this time. I've acted really well. And and then about twelve weeks ago, I was getting this really bad sciatica. And so as much as I behaved well, just the complications of the operation made me think that maybe I need an operation. But my sister said, no, hold off. And in the last 12 weeks, it couldn't have gone better. And last night, I taught my first body attack class. Now, I've been teaching my fitness classes for a long time, pretty much about maybe 10 weeks after the operation, maybe eight, 10 weeks after the operation, I was back to teaching your, your pump classes, your cycle classes, my run coaching, and that type of work. But when it came to the impact, the high impact, explosive, jumping, think plyometric jumping, burpees, tuck jumps, running on the spot type of class, that's body attack. Uh, I haven't taught that since, basically since December last year, early December last year. So, and this is, I'm recording this on the 7th of August. Uh, so last night, I'm going back to my class next week, but I thought I'd go team teach with another person just to get a feel on my body. And I taught the class, went well, my body held up really well, I was pretty happy with that. I'll be, have to be careful about how I manage bringing this impact into my life again, but overall, it was a real success. But a member came up to me after the class, and this member, a lovely lady called Julie, who's been doing my classes forever, like Julie was around 22 years ago when I first started teaching, and Julie came up to me, she said, Bevan, you haven't lost your fitness through your operation, have you? Now, why am I proud of this moment? Like, it's nice that people think I'm fit. That's nice. That's a cool thing. But if we go back to that podcast that I did at the beginning of post-operation time, one of the things I wanted to achieve was how do I, how do I get back to 
to what I want to be or what I like to be as fast as possible in the safest way possible and do as little damage as possible. And one of the things I talked about was I'm going to lose some fitness through this time because I can't exercise how I normally like to exercise, but at least how do I minimize the fitness that I've lost? Now, I've got to be honest, when I was teaching that class last night, I know that I'm not as fit as what I normally would have been before I had the operation. There were definitely moments where I was a bit like, I'm dying here right now. But to the people in the class... You could see that they understood, they, they, well, at least the feedback I got was that my fitness doesn't seem to have been lost. Now, this is an important message because it's, I've got to the other side of now. Like, if you want to go back, if you don't know what I'm talking about, go back and listen to the, uh, the name of the episode I called it was. It's episode, uh, let me just pull it up here because I've just got the episodes in front of me. Uh, okay, that was episode 202 on January 25th, seven steps to staying healthy in a diminishing time, or diminished times. And, um, and I'm now, you know, this is eight months later, just under eight months later, and I'm now back on the other side of this. And it's just, a, it's cool to get to this point and have done the least amount of damage and be able to get myself back as soon as possible. So I kind of want to share that with you. Second thing I want to share, a little proud moment in my own life is I've just had a breakthrough moment on piano. And and it's just, I want to share this with you because it's just, it's a really good moment where you go, always persist. If you want to stick at something, always persist. Um, uh, in the last moment, I've just had one of those moments on the piano where, oh, I've got better. And I can't, I can't really tell you where. Well, no, I can. It's sight reading. Um, I feel less pressure when I'm playing. Um, I'm playing higher quality. Uh, I've just, I, know, I don't need to go into too much detail. But you know when there's this thing in life, when you go, you realize you've gone to another level. And there's this real obvious moment and you see this. And I've just had that moment on the piano. And it really makes me think of two two athletes from the Olympics. There's two athletes, there's lots of athletic stories I love from the athletes, but one is a lady called Emma Twig, a New Zealand rower. Emma Twig had been to three Olympics. First Olympics, I don't think that did that well. And then the next two Olympics, she got fourth in her race. So the worst result you could get at the Olympics is a fourth. Because, and I love the way the Olympics acknowledges the top three means something. Like, obviously, some people just want to get gold, but, you know, you still get celebrated for becoming a podium getter at the Olympics. And so to me, and the, the worst result you can get in the Olympics is fourth, because it's just like, yeah, you're so close. And to get there twice. And after her third Olympics, she retired and gave up the sport. And then I think she actually met a new partner, and her new partner gave her a new perspective on life, brought it back, and she just dominated and won gold medal in her, in her event recently, or about a week and a half ago, a New Zealand rower. And it was really, it was really thinking about persisting and to, to succeeding. And there's another story of this Filipino weightlifter, which I read about. And this Filipino first Olympics did not finish. Second Olympics got dead last. Third Olympics got silver. And in this Olympics won the gold medal. And you know what? I don't need to talk to you guys about persisting to, to see growth. But as much as I've had this moment of piano where I've realized I've gone to another level, and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a level that's another level of my progression, sometimes you don't feel you're going to get there. Like I know I've had moments in the last 18 months where it's like, am I ever going to get any better at this? And then you find the other level. And I'm sure Emma Twig and I'm sure that weightlifter had moments where it's like, will I ever get better at this? 
And why I want to share this with you is, is if you are trying to grow in an area, you are putting effort in, and you're not sure if you're going to see that progress, trust, you know, work on it, because you'll have those moments. And I've got to say, that, like this moment of piano, it feels really cool. Like, I love it. It feels really rewarding because you're kind of persevered through this thing. So I just want to share a couple of proud moments in my life that hopefully has some insight for yourself. The first is, um, in times of diminished times, you will get to the other side and do it in a way where it's the fastest way back. And then the second is, even if you're having moments where you wonder if you will ever progress, stick at it. Because around the corner, there's a moment where you go, shit, I'm a bit better at this thing, and it's quite a cool place to be. I'm going to get into the main gist of today's show, but before I do, I want to say a big thank you to all the patrons of the show, patrons are the people who deliver some of their hard-earned money my way each time I release an episode. All, to, all you need to do to become a patron is go to bevanjamesisles.com, click on podcast, click on support me, or take you through my Patreon page. Um, you donate as little or as much as you want per episode, and each time I release an episode, you know, you, you donate some of your money my way. When you become a patron, you get a cool nickname, and here are a few of people who already are patrons. Denise Abfab Dana, we've got Nathan the Hurricane, we've got Mary Jane Magic Mariko, we've got Katrina the Architect, we've got Kim Surging Further Anderson Headley, I know she's doing a crazy race today actually, Alana Queen of Change Kingy, and Wendy Rockstar Schaefer. If you want to become a patron of the show, again, go to bevanjamesisles.com, Click on podcast, click on support, and you can go from there. But here is the main gist of today's show. Do you have areas of your life where you'd love to develop yourself, but at the same time you have memories from your past in that area that basically stop you from trying? Exercise is a really good area where this happens, isn't it? So many people know they should exercise, know they want to have health and fitness in their life, and even though they know that's the case, when they think of their past experiences, their past experiences tell them it's going to be a negative experience. And this ultimately works against them, because then when they think of their past, that kind of dictates the experience they're going to have in the future, so why would you even try? Now, if we can understand our memories have a massive influence on how we'll move forward in life, then ultimately one of the things we want to aim to do is create better memories, is to develop memories that make make us want to move towards those things. So to be able to create some fitness memories that would allow us to be successful in bringing exercise in our life. So that when we think about exercise, it's actually a positive thing. you know. And there's many strategies for the, to do this, but today I want to share a strategy which is a really good strategy that can help you. And I'm going to start with a story. So when I first started teaching fitness, I was actually a bit of a failure. So I've been lucky in my fitness career to achieve a lot. I've won awards, I've traveled the world, I've, you know, like I've, I've had a really successful f- fitness career Um, but the first period of my fitness career I was actually a bit of a failure and that was that was shown and not just me because hey I feel like a failure was shown in some really obvious ways like for example Les Mills has a training module and it's the thing you need to do before you can become an instructor it's kind of like introducing you to all the skills you need to become an instructor and while it's a pretty intensive training period 
pretty much everyone passes. You know, like 95, 98, 99% of the people who turn up to these modules pass. And it's partly because they pick good people and the people who are there want to do it. So it's 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 a it's the right audience and it's an audience who's pretty motivated. Well, I failed my module. And uh, like I failed. So the, the entry point to becoming an instructor, I failed. Now luckily I had a manager who put me on the module, he had a bit of belief in me and he persisted with me and then I went back and I managed to pass and I managed to kind of become an instructor. So my first experience as an instructor was failure. And I've probably talked about this next part on the show as well, is that after I taught my first class, the manager of the gym at the time rang me the next day and said to me, Bevan, do you really think you should be an instructor? So obviously my first class was terrible. And I'll be honest, my instructing in the first period of my teaching, I imagine was really terrible. Now, as much as I can kind of talk about this picture of me being a failure in the first part of my teaching journey, I had a couple things that gave me the time to develop myself. Because if I didn't have these things, I would have been booted out the door. If I didn't have these things, I would have been booted out. First of all, I managed to draw people to my experience. But that's kind of an odd thing to say, eh? because if I failed and, and my manager thought I was a crap instructor, how come I had this ability to bring people to my classes? Well, the first thing was, I've always been a pretty good people person. Like as a, as a milk boy or as a paper boy, as a kid, I was the, the kid who always got the biggest tips and it was just, I've always been a people person. So being a people person definitely helped me. You know, so when people came in, at least I made them feel good in the experience. But that probably wasn't the main reason. The second thing I had going for me was that I was extremely fit. When we did do the fitness testing in the modules, I broke all the New Zealand records for the, the beep test and stuff like that at the time. So I was a very fit young man. So I had I had a bit of I had people skills and I was very fit. But the thing that was probably the most important thing that I had was I had the ability to deliver an amazing peak at the end of the workout. At the end of the workout, even from day one, I had the ability to help people go to places where they couldn't go to by themselves. And so when they came along to my workout, the, the whole class might have been absolute crap, but in that last moment, with my fitness that I had and this kind of thing that I had within me, I was able to take them to this peak experience. And so when they walked away from the class, the thing that they remembered was that peak experience. They remembered, oh my God, that guy took me to a place that I couldn't have got to by myself. Now, why was this important for the first part of my journey? Well, there's this rule in psychology called the peak end experience. And what the peak end experience talks about is when we have memories, there's two things we tend to be, take a forward with us into the future. Either the high or low point emotionally throughout the journey or throughout that memory that you have and the end experience. Let's think about this with you right now. Let's think about in an area of your life where you've got one of those, you know, if we think back to that first question I asked in this section, I said, have you got an area of your life where the memories from your past stop you from moving towards this and developing yourself in this area? And I talked about exercise, but it might not be exercise. It might be trying a hobby. It might be performing in front of you. It might be having a hard conversation. It might be whatever. What's that area for you? And as I asked this to you, Think about your memory. 
Like, what's that memory that you have? And when you think about that memory, what are the key points? Now, imagine there's the negative, um, high emotional point within it. So it might be that you're performing in a school choir and, and you know, you're, you're saying the wrong word and it was a moment when everyone was meant to be quiet and you felt really bad about yourself. And then that was the, that was the negative, bad moment for you. And then at the end of it, someone may have came up and said, oh, you really let the team down. And that's the end point experience that you have. And then think of an area of your life where you've got really good memories, where you're quite happy to move forward in your life, where you're quite, quite confident, quite trust, you've got trust in yourself to move forward in that area of your life. When you look back in your memories in those areas, how do you remember them? Like I think of my Iron Man experiences. I, I often said to people, there's two things you remember from an Iron Man. And interesting, I've never actually thought about this in context of what I'm talking about today. I said, there's two things you remember in an Iron Man. You remember the moment when you see your friends and family out on the course. And you remember the finishing shoot. You know, and it's true. I think of all my Iron Men, and I think I did eight or nine Iron Men in my time. You know, these are days when I'm exercising from nine to, you know, my slowest was 11 hours, you know, like nine to 11 hours, hard, intense exercise. And what do you remember? I remember seeing my parents in, in Taupo. My parents used to get dressed up in every race. They'd have a different theme, and they'd drive out in the middle of nowhere, and I'd have these, they'd have these, clickers and tambourines and they've been making noise and they and my family I love my family they cheered every athlete on and I remember riding up the road and you'd see that you know in the middle of nowhere think there's this long road way off in the distance you know think of a desert road or that wasn't a desert but think of a desert road where you see way off in the distance and you see a spot of people and you hear this noise and I, the closer I get I go there's my family and and you know I'm tired it's tough and you just emotionally I felt amazing because it was like, wow, how, how lucky I am to have these people who love me enough to be here, out here for me right now. And then I remember getting to the finishing shoot and you're dying, you see the clock and you've you've achieved a goal that maybe you didn't think you could do or you achieved the time that you didn't think you could do. And even on the crap days where you didn't get the time, you're still like, oh my God, I'm still glad I did this race. The memories I have from this experience are the peak emotional point and the end point of the journey. The negative ones is the same as well. The negative point, high point throughout the journey and probably a negative ending as well. Now with this understanding in place, we can really use this to help ourselves create better memories. Because if we have better memories, there's a higher chance we're going to move towards the activity that we want to do in our life. Like again, if I go back to my question, if you were to have good memories in the areas where you currently don't, do you think you'd want to move towards those areas? It's kind of an obvious answer, isn't it? Of course you would. So with this in mind, then we're going to think about how do we create great memories? And actually, as I, even as I think of as, as a as a fitness coach, like one thing I I do when I'm taking a track session. Actually, I'm going to go back to this in the future, in a, in a few moments from now. So let's go back to you creating better memories. So... If we understand the emotional high point and the end point are probably the two things we'll remember the most after a thing, then what we want to do is create some experiences that give us the opportunity to, to have those two moments. So let's just use the running example because obviously running's a big part of my life, but let's just use that running example. Uh, let's say you've you had running experiences in the past, 
bad, bad emotional experiences, bad memories, so you move away from it. And you think, oh, I want to try running. But, but the purpose of trying running is to build a good memory. So how would we go about doing that? Well, first of all, we've, we've got to get at a realistic level. So if, if you haven't ran in a long time, it might be that you're going to do a walk run uh, and you're going to you know, go out for a, a 30-second jog, walk for three and a half minutes, and you're going to do that for 30 minutes, something like that. That's a, a walk run that you're going to do. But then how do you make it a, a two-point memory builder? I'm going to call that. It's a name I just made up then. So the first thing is you're going to choose a moment in your run where you're going to try to get an emotional high. It might be that halfway through your run, you're going to choose a place which is really beautiful. So in your run, you're going to choose a spot that you just go, oh my God, I love running through this part of this. You know, like, I think of my, at the bottom of my hill that I live on, there's a, there's a pathway that runs through this little reserve and it's, it's, kind, of, it's kind of beautiful because you run over these tree-lined little trails and, um, it, and it's, only, it's only kind of like 500 metres. So you're kind of running down this, beside a river and by these kind of t- traditional streets and then you go on this little tree-lined way and it's, and it's really quite cool. So what I might do is I might plan to put that in place at the midpoint of my run. That's what I aim to do. And then what I'm also going to do is I'm going to find my favourite song that I love right now. I, I, you know that song that you know you know when you just find a song and you're like, oh my god I love that song, and also what you might do is you might uh, put one of your running sets, make sure you're running your sets, one of your run sets, and then you might just run a little bit faster in that bit. So what you're looking to do is you're trying to create a peak emotional experience in that run, and you're doing that by a choosing that really cool location, using some music because music is great for emotion, and putting a little bit of intensity in that's realistic for your ability in that moment. So. You do that, you feel really good. And then at the very end of the run, you're coming towards your house and you're 100 metres from the end of your run and you know what you do? You pick up your intensity. You do a bit of a sprint. You know, you, you, you know, you, you start and bolt it to the end of your run and you get to the end of the run, you're huffing and puffing, but you feel on an emotional high. And this is what I was talking about before when I was talking about track coaching my runners. With my, when I'm track coaching, we've got a track session we do with our runners each week. It's hard. It is like we did a session on Monday, just been, and these guys blitz themselves. I'm so proud of them. They absolutely just kill themselves. And they're all dying. And at the last part of the session, I always make them do a 30 second sprint. Now, if you were to ask me what's the physiological benefits of them doing a sprint, I'm going to be honest, not much. There might be a little bit of gain and having a bit of a surge at the end of the session, you know, help with that peak end fitness. But it's really not about that. What I'm doing is creating that peak end experience. Because throughout the session, when they're working through the hard bits, they're going to get those emotional highs. But I want to deliver that little bit of intensity at the end, which then when they finish the session, they go, oh my God, that was amazing. And this is what you do in your run. So you do that, run through the trail, put your favorite song on, lift your intensity a little bit, then pull back and get the rest running. And then then 100 meters from your house, you're going to imagine you're an Olympian and you're going to sprint like crazy to your house. Now, what you've done there is you've consciously preloaded the experience that's going to give you the emotional high point of your journey and the peak end experience as well. Now, when you think about if you put that in place, what do you think you'd think as you move towards the next time you go running? You'd have a positive memory in place that then would help you move towards running in the next time. 
And this is why I do the sprint at the end. Like the session we did last Monday, I had like a, I think I had like 80 people in the session. They're killing them. Like when you're watching them, you think, why would you want to do this again? But because I've had an emotional high, because they get that peak at the end, the memory they have of it is that was a real awesome thing in my day. You know, the ultimate example of this is is, is childbirth. Like I'm a man, I have no idea what childbirth is like, but I can't imagine. Like I've spoken to females who are really tough Ironman triathletes. Like I often think the toughest athletes are often females. I think you know you, you might say physiologically men can be faster, but I've met some athletes who are some female athletes who are just just can go to the well, can just bury themselves. And you speak to these athletes, and I know you know that these people can just go to dark, dark places, and they talk about childbirth and like, oh, no, childbirth's worse than anything I've you know in training. You know, so I can't even imagine how tough pregnancy is. But what's what's the end point of pregnancy? Well, a baby comes out. And you have this peaking experience, don't you? You have this moment where euphoria of, you know, the chemical release, the you're holding your baby in your hands. You know, imagine having to think, well, you want to have more kids, you're going to go through that experience again? Well, you kind of forget it when you have this peaking experience. And this is what we want you to think of, is we want you to think of, can I create memories that work for me in areas where maybe it's, I'm not, my old memories are holding me back. So if we're going to put a process in place around this, well, in my mind, what we've got to think about is, let's let's create a bit of a, a way you can go about doing it. So first of all, I want you to identify an area where your memories are holding you back. And let's let's say, okay, so number one, identify the area. Number two, look at your past experiences and think about how you remember those experiences you had in that area. So it could be that, you know, that I've used that choir example, that you made the wrong note at the wrong time so you feel bad about yourself and then someone at the end of it made a comment saying you let the team down. So look to what those memories are and maybe with the insight that I've shared with you today to help you get an insight into, oh yeah, that's why I had this memory because I had a negative emotional high point and I actually had a negative experience at the end of it. Then from there, identify an experience that can help you build a better memory. Now, first of all, when it comes to the experience, you need to make it a safe level. So like in the example I shared with you of running, I made the running three minutes, 30 seconds of light jogging, three minutes of walking, because that's achievable for someone who's new. So I don't want you to make an experience where you're going to fail. So step three, when it comes to having a moment to create a memory, make sure it's realistic for your current ability. It's always really important. But then your next thing is to create two defining moments where you're going to preload the emotional high point and the, what you're going to do at the end point. So what's the emotional high point and the end point? Now, in my running example, it was the running through that little reserve, putting my favorite song on, having a bit of intensity kick at that moment, and then obviously doing the sprinting, thinking I'm Olympian at the end of the run. With physical activity, this is pretty easy. Some other areas that might be challenging, but be creative. You know, find ways that you can still trigger those things in place at the end of it. Or in those two points. So, you know, again, exercise is kind of an obvious way of doing it. But with you, find ways, that if, it, if it's not exercise, that you can still be successful in doing this. Then you want to have the experience. 
And when you have the experience, really, you know, like really try to nail those moments. Like as I'm running through that little reserve, um, the music goes loud in my ears. I might even sing out loud. I, I sometimes do that when I'm out running. If I've got a song I love, I just sing it out loud. And, and I've got my ears in so nobody can hear the song. I'm sure people think I'm a right dork. But emotion takes me to that place. And then when you get to the end of the run, do the sprint. And then after the fact, reflect upon the experience. And let's let's do this. so step four is to so step four is have the experience. Step five is reflect upon the experience. And let's do this in a couple of ways. Immediately after his experience, reflect upon the experience. Do you think do you feel bitter about the experience? Then after you've had that immediate finish of the experience, secondly, after about four or five days, reflect upon that experience again. And think, how do I remember that experience? Now Based on what we've talked about today, that will be a positive memory. And this is really powerful when you think about it, isn't it? Because what you're doing is you've got a tool here to create powerful memories. And if you could create powerful memories, wow, how will that open you up to the thing that you're not doing in that part of your life? Pretty amazing, eh? Because often it's just that if we can open the door and create powerful memories, then we're going to keep walking down that pathway to where we can be successful and where we can make massive shifts in our life. So I'm going to be honest. Before I got into the major show, I said there's three sections. And I'm actually going to talk about one of the sections after the major of the show. So I will talk on one of these things at the end. But I think I, I really don't want to go into the other things because I think this is really cool just in this main segment right now. So let's recap. What's an, what are the five steps? First of all, what's an area of your life where your memories from your past are restricting you from trying to grow in this current area? Number two. What are the memories that you currently hold and reflect upon those memories and see how the peak emotional experience or the, the peak emotional time in that memory and the end of that point of that memory may have triggered that. Now, you can even go deeper and look at lots of memories that you've had around this. Then, from there, create a new memory an experiment that you can try to have in your memory. Remember around that we want to say, first of all, you want to make sure it's realistic so you can be successful, but then look for the emotional high point, like running through the forest with music, and what you'll do at the end point. If it's not something like exercise, try to do it in a creative way in the area that you're trying to work on. Post doing it, have an instant reflection to see about how you felt about that experience, and then three or four days later, look back on that memory and see how that memory works for you. Probably the last step then is, Keep building new memories. That's what you want to do. Keep building new memories that will then, again, make it easier to walk down that path, make it make you actually want to do this exercise or do the thing that you're working on. I guarantee if you can do this, as I always say, you'll be a much higher version of yourself. Right, hopefully you got a lot out of I'm, I'm, You know what, if you do this, can you email me and let me know how you get along? I'd be really fascinated. That's, that's quite, it's quite powerful when you think about it, isn't it? If you create new memories. Like imagine, just, just I'm kind of extending on what I was doing in the main gist of the show, but imagine an era of your life where you've got shit memories that are holding you back. Do you think you'd be different if you had great memories in that area? Like, of course, eh? And... If you created those memories, what does it mean for you? 
Yeah, cool stuff. Now, I, 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 as I said at the beginning of the show, I've got three areas that I want to talk about. Um, one of them I'll do as another Bevan show in the future, the one we'll call Reframing Motivation. But one I just want to quickly talk on is um, percentage increasing percentage chance of success, which I may have talked about on this podcast, but I did a I did a talk to a school, a bunch of school teachers this week. And I've got to be honest, I kind of stuffed up my talk a little bit because I went down, I went down talking about looking after emotional health. And then I kind of confused them around high performance tools. I, I made a bit of a mistake. And so I got them a little bit confused. And so as I was doing it, and it was a good lesson for me because I probably should have done a bit of reflection before I did it. Um, because I basically... Yeah, I don't need to talk to you guys about this, but basically, good learning for me. Next time, make sure that you get the alignment of the message right. And and it wasn't an overall; it didn't ruin the talk, but there was just a couple of moments where I created a little bit of confusion for them. And um, one of the girls was talking to me about she used to be obviously she used to be much better at health and fitness, and she had a really good morning yoga habit. And while I kind of threw some questions out to people and get them to write them down and having group discussions. So I was just having a chat to her while everyone else was having a group discussion. And she was saying how I used to have this yoga habit and I want to bring it back into my life, but I just don't seem to have the ability to do it. And I go, oh yeah, so I go to, I used to get up in the morning before school and do my yoga. And I said, well, if you could guarantee that you did yoga tomorrow morning, what would you need to do? Like if you had a 100% chance of you guaranteeing that you're going to do yoga tomorrow morning, what would you? What would need to happen to make that happen? And she came back to me with, well, I tell myself just to do it. And, and I pushed back because like, well, that's not a very good answer. It's like, you just tell yourself to do it. That's not guaranteeing a 100% chance. I said to her, if you were a guarantee a 100% chance, what are the practical things that you would do? I'd say like, for example, would you would you get your gear set up the night before? She goes, oh yeah, definitely get my gear set up the night before. And, and as soon as I said that, that kind of switched in her mind. So when I said that 100% guarantee, if, if you 100% had to guarantee that you would do this thing, what would it take for you to 100% guarantee it? And then I kind of left her and I kind of walked off and her and the lady next to her started talking. They were talking about this concept of increasing, I, I call it increasing the percentage chance of success. And, you know, and can you 100% guarantee that you will do this thing? And if so, what would be the actions and behaviours that you would do that would actually take you to that 100% place? And so as I said this to her, walked away, and then I kind of came back to her later on, and she'd almost had like seven things that were going to guarantee it. I can't remember exactly what they were, but one of them was that the lady that she was sitting next to, she would obviously want to do some exercise in the morning as well. And so both made this accountability commitment to text each other in the morning so they guarantee that they were going to do the exercise. Now, as soon as I reframed it for her, so when I said, how can you guarantee that you'll do yoga in the morning? She would just do it. That wasn't a very good answer, was it? Because they were just saying, well, just you know, sharpen up. But as soon as I said, if you could 100% guarantee that you'd be successful at doing this in the morning, what would need to happen? There was a shift in her thinking. And then she went to strategies that would allow her to be successful. Things like packing a bag, getting a mat ready, um, setting an alarm. That accountability one was a really good one. Now, what was really interesting, I, I sent through the invoice a few days later after... Um, doing the talk, I sent there through the invoice for the talk to the principal of the school. And the principal came back and she said, uh, actually, I can't remember the girl's name, I'm going to pull it up. Uh, 
here it is. Her, her name was Lucy. She, the principal sent back to me and said, thanks, Bevan, really enjoyed the session. And Lucy is doing her yoga each morning, even before June sends her wake-up text. So, you know, that, that little message of how do you increase your percentage chance of success, like, you know, that was five days later, four days later, she'd now found this habit back in her life. And it's just a really good way of looking at problems when we, we struggle to do a behavior that we aren't doing. And so just as a tool that I'd like to quickly introduce to you today is what's an activity that you want to do that you're currently not doing that if you were to think of in regards to how do I increase my percentage chance of this doing this. Now, I'll actually be honest, I did this with a client recently. Uh, he was he's, he was, he's a pretty hardworking man and we have a session, he's based in the UK, and he has, we have a session and it's sessions like, we start at, it like starts at 8 in the morning in New Zealand, my time, but it starts at like eight o'clock, 9 o'clock at night for him. So he doesn't finish till 10. And he's, he's a bit of an athlete, so he had to get up in the morning and he had to do a training session. Now he's a pretty disciplined athlete. Most of the time he's going to get up and do it. Occasionally he won't, but most of the time he gets up and do it. And uh, so we were talking about it and, and I kind of said to him, because you're saying it's been a pretty big day, I'm feeling tired, I've got to get up. I think he had to get up at like 4.30 in the morning to do like a 90-minute bike ride. And I said, well, how do you increase your percentage chance of guaranteeing it will happen? And you could see as I threw that question at him, there was a bit of a switch in his head. He went, oh, okay, yeah, well, I could do this, this, and that. But then I even took it to a higher level. I said, okay, that's cool. So if you did those, you can guarantee you'll do it done, get the session done. But what would you need to do to 100% guarantee you'd have a great decision? What would you need to do to 100% guarantee you'd have a great session? And you could see, it was almost like clockwork in his head going, you know, tick, 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 tick. Because you could see a spark in him went, oh, okay, okay. Well, if I, if I, you know, not just get up at 4 in the morning and do 4.30 in the morning and do my 9, okay, nine minute bike ride, it's actually have a great session. What would I need to do that? And then from there, you could see a spark happen. And then I got an email from him the next morning saying, I smashed my session. And this is where percentage chance of success is a really good tool to use. A, just getting the thing done, but B, also going higher level version of yourself. And it's, it's a really good way of reframing the question. So the question is, what do I do to increase my chances of success? What do I do to go to 100% chance of success? But what do I do to high performance to 100% chance of success? Interesting stuff to think about. And you can just see that by reframing it like Lucy and her, her friend was the lovely lady next to her. The lady next to her was a real character. Her name was June. Uh, Lucy and June have both been able to bring a habit back into their life, which is a really great habit for them, just by, just by putting that frame in mind. So if you've got that area in your life where deep down you know that you could, you know, that you're kind of a 50% person, Use the question, what can I do to increase my chance of success? What do I choose to 100% guarantee it could happen? And if you want to go to the next level like my guy in the UK, you could ask yourself, what's the, how do I increase, well, how can I 100% guarantee I do a great session in that next session? And again, I'm talking exercise here, but you can use this in any area of your life. Now, I've got three minutes to the Olympic gold medal, so I've actually managed to get the whole show done. I could talk a little bit more, but... I want to want to see the Kiwis win. The Kiwis are doing so well at the Olympics. We're such a small country of 5 million people and we've got like 
I think we've got 19 medals at this point, and we've already got like seven gold medals. Potentially eight, maybe nine. I don't think we're going to get nine, but potentially eight. And it starts in two minutes. So I'm out of here, team. If you want to support the show, go to bevanjamesisles.com. Go to podcast. You go to support me. You become a patron. Thank you for those people who are patrons. Another way you can support the show is by going on to your pod, podcatcher and doing a review. I, I read a beautiful review from someone recently. Uh, which I'll read out next time. They 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 really really do a great review about this podcast, and it really helps. For some reason, reviews help you get get up charts, so that's good as well. Uh, share the show with your friends. If you want to get my keep active with Bevan, just videos, short videos. I send it every Sunday night. If you want to run five Ks with me, go to my5kdream.com, and I'll be back in about two weeks from now. I've actually got I've actually got a really cool interview lined up. I talk about amazing fitness professionals and this person set up a culture which I just absolutely loved. A lady in the UK. So I'm going to get her on. I'm just going to talk it's about helping you find great leaders in fitness. So they'll be coming up in a couple of weeks from now. But as always we'll wrap it up here. How do I finish it off? I say keep being you. Keep being you.